This is a 980 CKNW podcast. It is time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. And we're starting with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes, interesting movie. It's a far better film, Jill, than I expected. But there's one small caveat. If you don't recall the action in Captain America Civil War from two years ago, you might find yourself out of the loop for a time as the action in this movie picks up. In Civil War, the Avengers were on opposite sides of one another. Tony Stark slash Iron Man, played by Robert Downey Jr., had sided with the government, which determined that superheroes should be outlawed because of the destruction they cause when uh, fighting world-threatening villains. Uh, Captain America, who Steve Rogers, played by Chris Evans, believed, along with a large number of Avengers who sided with him, that the government was wrong and that standing down would leave the world open to all manner of treachery. A number of the Avengers on the side of Cap, Captain America, were captured by authorities at the end of the movie, and they were imprisoned. When Ant-Man and the Wasp opens, Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, is still under house arrest with an ankle bracelet, with just days left to go on his remaining two-year sentence. He passes the time as a single dad, playing games with his young daughter, playing the drums, reading, and taking long baths. He's forbidden from seeing any of his old gang. A vivid dreamlike incident prompts him to contact scientist Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas, and Pym's daughter, Hope Van Dyne, played by Evangeline Lilly, a.k.a. the Wasp. Hope's mother, Hank's wife, Janet, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, also the original Wasp, has been trapped in the subatomic world for 30 years after an experiment gone wrong, and Scott thinks she may have been trying to contact him. So begins the work of getting her back, but it's fraught with peril. A nefarious cat named Sonny, played by Walton Scoggins, the FBI, a new character named Ghost, who can walk through walls, all wanting the equipment to rescue Janet. The time window is brief, with the digital countdown clock spurring the action along as each faction works its own agenda. Now, along the way, great special effects and the ant and wasp's ability to make things bigger or smaller uh, with enough thought behind it all to make for a plot that really keeps you on your toes. Uh, Don't leave when the credits start to roll. There is a key scene that sets up the next Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. And after the next set of credits, a peek at the next Avengers film. Uh, The rating is 14A. Jill, this one is great fun. Although, again, if you're not really into the Wasp and Ant-Man kind of uh, universe, uh, it's a little bit confusing as to why they do what they do. Uh, See the uh, earlier movie, you're okay. All right, sounds good. Uh, And there's another Purge movie in theaters. Yeah, this one is the first Purge, and as you might expect, given its 18A rating and its hyper-violent subject matter, this is a profane film filled with anger, violence, and blood. Now, surprisingly, it also has a most interesting political undertone that points to governments that cannot be trusted. It also points to governments, particularly in the U.S., over the day. There have now been four Purge movies, with this being a prequel that shows us the origins of the one night each year in America in which anything goes. Robbery, murder, mayhem, you name it. We're introduced here to The Architect, played by Marissa Tomei, a Ph.D. psychologist who's been working with the new presidential administration, the NFFA, the New Founding Fathers of America, who are struggling with massive national debt and the inability to keep law and order in the land. The Architect has demonstrated a social experiment in which, for a restricted period of time, just one night, America can let off steam and do whatever it wants. The rest of the year, everybody pays attention to their jobs and families as their aggression and hatred has all been bled off. 
So it all starts with an experiment on Staten Island, doing a sort of trial purge in that location to see whether or not this is something that can continue. Turns out that not too many people are up for the killing and raping, and they use the night to party. Well, the government's not happy. It intervenes to liven things up. The political subtext shows most victims as poor black people living in housing projects, dying at the hands of, well, what looks like the white Ku Klux Klan. There's far more to it than that, with bad guys looking like good guys, good guys appearing to be bad guys, and a bunch of families who just want the night to be over. There's plenty of tension, a lot of frightening moments, and not much that we see is predictable. Executive producer here is Michael Bay of Transformers fame, and if you can stand the heat, this is a good action thriller. It's rated 18A. It is hard to watch in some places, and some might say, well, why would anybody want to see a movie like this? And uh, I leave that to those who want to see it, but uh, I did find it very interesting, Joe. All right. Uh, Sounds uh, different indeed. Uh, What's happening over on Netflix? I look at a couple on Netflix. Uh, We'll start with Tau. This is a current movie, T-A-U, Tau, which is the 16th letter in the Greek alphabet. It's a Netflix original film. It's a natural extension of where we're going as a society with Alexa and other such digital tools to help with our smart houses. Maka Monroe from Independence Day, Resurgence, and the Fifth Wave is a woman named Julia here in this near-future society in a sci-fi thriller in which Julia has been imprisoned in a smart house. Death is just around the corner for her if she doesn't get out, and her only hope would seem to be hacking into the home's master computer program that controls everything. Well, saying, Alexa, get me out of here, does nothing to help her quest. She must learn how to reason with the artificial intelligence. Ed Skrein from Deadpool and Gary Oldman also star in this futuristic thriller. It's an 18A rating, although I saw it as more of a 14A kind of thing. Uh, That's Tau, new on Netflix, Netflix original. It's pretty good, Joe. All right, sounds interesting. Uh, They also have one from 2016. Uh, Yep, this one is called Within. It's a horror thriller. It was originally titled Crawl Space, and even though it it has every cliche that exists in this genre, it's still good for a bunch of make-you-jump moments. Michael Vartan from Alias and Bates Motel is John. He's a widower with a teenage daughter and a new wife who buys cliche number one, a nice house in a nice area that is priced so far below market value that he can actually afford it. Of course, they aren't in the house more than a few days before they, particularly teenage daughter Hannah, played by Aaron Moriarty, begin hearing strange noises and notice odd things happening. Turns out that all the kids in the neighborhood know that, uh, cliche number two here, a family was murdered in that house and that strange things have been going on for a long time. Even though you can see the scares coming, still makes you jump. 14A rating for Within, Jill, on Netflix. <laughs> All right. Uh, on Crave, does Witch Hunt to make you jump as well? Uh, yeah, it can, although it's a very different kind of movie. I quite like this one. It's from 1995. I saw it when it first came out and forgot all about it. Uh, you can find this one squirreled away in Crave's Hidden Gems section. Uh, Dennis Hopper stars as a private detective in the 1950s, but it's not the 50s that most of us might recall. In this era, everything is as it was then, except for the fact that everybody uses magic. As Private Eye, H. Philip Lovecraft, the tip of the hat to uh, sci-fi horror writer H.P. Lovecraft, we meet the one man who does not and maybe cannot use magic. Hired to find out why a young starlet, played by Penelope Ann Miller's career, has stalled, Lovecraft's lack of magic might just be the edge he needs. 
Uh, Dennis Hopper, when making the talk show rounds promoting this movie back in the day, said at the time that it was the strangest film he had ever been in. It is strange, but it's uh, peculiar and really interesting. A 14A rating, that's Witch Hunt. All right, and uh, we have one thing to talk about uh, on TV. Big Brother. Yep, celebrating its 20th anniversary as one of the original reality shows. We already are at episode six of this compendium of completely creepy people working their way through skullduggery, lying, and cheating in an attempt to be the last person standing. It took five episodes to get rid of the first person from the house, a former police officer from New Jersey named Steve. And at that rate, we'll still be watching this gang at Christmas. So something has to speed up because it all has to be done by Labor Day. Uh, Tonight on Global for Big Brother, Jill. All right. A little something for everyone there. Thank you, Rick. We will talk to you next weekend. You bet. Thanks, Jill. That is Rick Forchuk, who joins us every Sunday morning, letting us know what's happening in theaters as well as the smaller screen. You've been listening to a 980C KNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.